The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. In this corner, the rumble from the jungle, the king of beats, and the muscle of every meta team since Grassy Glide. Give it up for Grookey! And in this corner, hippity hoppity, he's here to burn down your property. This little hot foot kicks into overdrive. Let's hit it for Score Bunny! And in this corner, a very, very sad boy who's got nothing to lose and everything to prove. Fresh from hiding in a puddle of his own tears, show some love for Sable. These Pokemon have their strengths and weaknesses, but which one would be the most practical starter for you? Let's find out! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Lucas Lectures. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day or night, and we are finally finally here we started this journey in january we're finally ending in september until the next generation we have made it to the final pokemon showdown for now we are going to be talking about the generation 8 pokemon the gala region starters to see which one is going to be the most practical for you so if you're new here's how this works with the three starters we are going to rank and rate them based on four separate categories Battle potential, basically see how well they do in a fight in and out of multiplayer and meta competition. The next category is care and maintenance, just to see what you'll need and how expensive or how tough it'll be to care for this Pokemon, even as it grows. Uh, the next one is child friendliness. That one is if a noob or a young trainer can actually handle this thing. And the final one is utility, to see what good it can do outside of beating the snot out of other people's pets. So, without further ado, we'll go ahead and get started with our grass type of the region, Grookey. Now, I've said this before in our Primate episode, and I'll say it again. It's called the Chimp Pokemon, but it has a tail that is incredibly wrong and infuriating. That's kind of like if I heard someone say, oh yeah, a shark's tail goes up and down. That's a dolphin, and they know better. Sorry, lost my, lost my cool. Uh, aside from that... It is another one of the primate line, and we actually do have a lot of primates in Pokemon. I've learned that from my Japanese students. Japanese students and kids really love monkeys. Go figure, it's just a random thing they like. Uh, Rillaboom is also one of the most popular Pokemon in the meta today. If you look at some of the metrics and the data, you'll find that Rillaboom is usually in the top 10, if not the top 5 Pokemon used in the meta currently just because of how amazing its ability is combined with Grassy Glide. So let's go ahead and jump onto that with its battle potential. So while you're actually on your adventure, this thing is actually pretty balanced. There are just as many Pokemon in the region that can hurt you as you can hurt them. Once you get to the gyms, they're also pretty balanced too. You're going to get your hits and misses in and out. But once you get a Rillaboom, uh, you got a great Bolt set to work with and an awesome attack power. But obviously, the star of the show is the combination of Grassy Glide and Grassy Terrain. Once that first DLC came out, Rillaboom took off like a rocket. Because the combination of those attacks where 
the grassy terrain is going to give grassy glide a priority attack. It's going to get the boost from the attack being coming from a grass type. It's going to get the boost from the terrain itself. It's already at 70 and it's priority. This thing is incredibly dangerous. Now people are building teams just to avoid this again. It's the whole thing with Rillaboom to me is just how strong it is. Like it's got great attack, it's got great defense. Bulky attackers are in, and I really, really like that. I mean, can you really call it a bulky attacker, though, when it has a supercharged priority attack? It's somehow faster than all the other starters. And as we're going to see later, all the other starters are pretty darn fast. Now, as far as care and maintenance goes, a Grookey and its line are going to require a more creative approach than the other starters. Uh, similar to something like a Chimchar. Primates need plenty of things to keep them interested and stimulated, when in human care... I don't think Pokemon would be an exception. These Pokemon favor sticks, so they're going to do a lot of drumming. They kind of should have a selection ready. So you should collect whatever sticks they like. Keep them handy just in case their favorite stick breaks. You have a backup for it. Uh, just try and keep a variety of different things ready to go. Uh, we are also incredibly lucky that Rillaboom has its drum kit come with it into the ball. Otherwise, you would have to lug that thing around. Ask anybody who plays the drums. And I will guarantee that one of the least favorite things about having a drum set is having to move said drum set. Now, for your own protection, I would recommend noise-canceling headphones. Uh, this Pokemon practices a lot, and it doesn't really stop once it gets a good rhythm going. When it gets a nice jam session going, you ain't going to stop it, so just put the noise-canceling headphones on and just try and get some rest. Now, on to child friendliness. Uh, Grookey is said to be filled with boundless curiosity and said to be a bit mischievous. Animals like primates actively look for weaknesses in those who care for them. They want to kind of see where they stand in that social relationship with whoever is taking care of them. Are you, the keeper or the trainer, going to be the more dominant of them? Or are you going to flinch at the first sign of any sort of aggression and now the Grookey is in charge of what goes on? It's really important to try and maintain that dominance. Uh, Thwacky actually brings a whole new challenge to the problem in that once it gets that groove going, it doesn't really want to stop. So imagine you're taking on some guy's Magikarp and Thwacky just keeps on drumming the Magikarp even after it's fainted like five minutes ago. You need someone strong, someone who knows how to handle themselves in order to get that Pokemon to stop. Once it gets to Rillaboom, it's it's all about harmony and it's gentle, uh, but those first two evolutions are going to be a problem. So it does grow out of its more rebellious streak, but it would be better off for a child trainer if it was reversed, where it got a little more rebellious, but not like Infernape in rebellious. That thing is absolutely terrifying. Still gives me chills. Now, Utility... Grookey's line actually does have the ability to revitalize plants whenever it strikes up a beat with its sticks. Uh, this power, super useful because you can literally go ahead and start a combination of concert tour and agro revitalization tour. Imagine going to state fairs where people are growing crops or any sort of harvest festival and just having your Rillaboom there for a concert. As he plays, he's going to be causing all the plants to start blooming or he's going to start making sure that everything is growing a little bit faster. People would pay a lot of money to have that around. That power is amazing. Combined with that Rillaboom being really gentle and not craving to beat the snot out of the world like a Charizard would, makes it a great companion to have in and out of combat. 
with its drumming skills, with its plant growing skills, you are going to make a fine living outside of combat. So to wrap it all up, uh, between a 1 out of 5 scale, battle, I'm going to give a 4 out of 5, care and maintenance, 3 out of 5, child friendliness, 3 out of 5, and utility, 4 out of 5. Out of the 3 starters, this one is definitely going to have the top utility and the top battle potential. It's a fantastic Pokemon. Now onto my personal favorite, Score Bunny. I love this little dude. And the reason I love it so much is because normally people, when they look at a Pokemon, they go, oh, look, it's Squirtle or Turtle. And then Blastroids, yay! People ignore the middle evolution. But we have Raboot. And I love Raboot so much. He looks like a little Slav. He's all kinds of cheeky, bricky. Let's go. I love the Slav memes. He, we should have a little Adidas logo on his hoodie. It's amazing. I love Raboot so much. Uh, add the fact that it's super into soccer with Cinderace. It's one of my favorite starter designs of all time. Because top to bottom, it is fresh. Now on to battle potential. Are the gyms going to be a mild pain in the butt for a bit? The grass gym is fine, but everything after that, you're going to need some friends to help until you get to gym 7. By then, you no high jump kick. You can usually beat the snot out of them there. Now just like Rillaboom, that hidden ability is what really sells the starter. Libro is just a copy of Protein from Greninja. It lets you match your typing with your move. The reason this Pokemon isn't everywhere like Greninja was back in the day is because there are now faster Pokemon than it, but also its speed is just right under 120, just right under. If it could get its speed up to 120, it would even be just a little bit faster. It could do a lot more damage. Uh, its stats are pretty great. I love a good, fast attacker. But for some reason, the Pokedex, it says that Cinderace is good at defense, and its defense and special defense are like 60. So you don't want this thing to get hit. You want to give it a focus sash. You want to make sure you kick something in the face really quickly. You do not want to get hit. Uh, overall, it fits okay in the meta. Like a lot of people were going to prefer Rillaboom between the three starters, obviously, but Cinderace can still do some pretty heavy work, especially with the Dynamax feature. I love a Pokemon with utility. Now on to Karen Maintenance, uh, unlike other fire types, uh, this one isn't fueled by food. This one is actually fueled by exercise. This Pokemon is constantly running to warm up before a fight. Uh, let's imagine you're getting jumped in the woods by a random youngster. I think it would be funny, like, okay, okay, buddy, we'll fight you, we'll fight you, but uh, can me and my buddy go for like a 10-minute jog, you know, get some stretches in before we go? We really want to make sure we're pumped for this. I feel that just be really awkward if this kid and his Rattata just stare at each other as this dude and his rabbits start doing calisthenics. Uh, the downside to all the calisthenics and running are the feet. With enough energy, we've seen that it can start fires as it steps down, which can be a major issue. We actually saw this in Pokemon Snap, where when it took a step down as it was running, it just started the mini fire. You can see how that could be a problem. For care and maintenance, I highly recommend getting yourself a fire extinguisher. Uh, you also want to make sure you give it some rocks and berries as it grows up. One, the berries are going to be a good source of food. But with Raboot and Cinderace, they both practice their kicking and juggling skills with their feet, and they tend to like to use berries and rocks respectively. So just keep in mind, you're not only gonna have to carry food for eating, but also some food for kicking. Maybe it can just be both. Now child friendliness, 
I keep thinking of, of kids starting wildfires. That's all I think about with Score Bunny. Imagine if this thing didn't quite get under control when you gave it and just ran off into the woods. You'd have no problem tracking it down because you'd just see the small patches of fires breaking out where it ran. Uh, luckily, doesn't have the anger issues that a lot of fire types had, but it's endless need for speed is going to be a real downer if you're first starting out with this Pokemon. Uh, we see the same thing with first-time dog owners, though. With things like Huskies and Herding Dog, they fantasize about having these dogs. They want a big, strong dog. They want the mystical blue eyes of a Husky. You, you look at this dog and say, I want it for its looks, but you're not familiar with just how much energy it spends and how much exercise they need. And it makes me really sad because this is why a lot of these dogs get returned or given to somebody else because people just don't do the research on how much work they need. It makes me sad. Uh, once you get a Cinderace, though, you are going to have to control a bit of its boastful behavior. The more hyped up a Cinderace is, the stronger it gets. But just like a real soccer player, once it gets more and more clout, it gets harder and harder to control. Personally, I recommend just having a yellow card and a whistle. I mean, that seems to work for most of the soccer players. So just go ahead. Anytime he's being too boastful or being too braggy, blow a whistle, hold up a yellow card. That'd be a great training method for this Pokemon. Now, as far as utility goes, it's a fire type, but like most fire types, it wants to hit things and, you know, keep them down. After the championship, you are going to need to find something that gives it approval from a crowded stadium and make sure that it can fight. And the only thing that does that is going to be staying at the championship for the rest of your lives. It can kick in jungle rocks. But it doesn't do that for fun. It does this that way. It can pelt whatever it's fighting in the head. Uh, there is a hilarious YouTube video, uh, if you look it up, of a Cinderace kicking a Togepi right at the camera of where the player is looking at. It's absolutely hysterical, but it does prove a point. Cinderace likes to kick things. It likes to hurt things, and it enjoys every second of it. Uh, if you find a Pokemon Soccer League, you could probably do something like that. But kind of like Pokemon Wrestling... It's not too much different from a normal Pokeball battle. It's, it's just Pokemon battling with extra steps. So to sum it all up, battle potential, 4 out of 5 as well. Uh, Karen Maintenance, 3 out of 5. Child Friendliness, 2 out of 5. Utility, 1 out of 5. So it just went 4, 3, 2, 1. Just not, it's not going to be the best utility, but it's going to be real good in a fight. Now we have to go with Sobble. And like Poplio before it, this guy got his fan club super fast. He's so sad. You want to hug it. Our instinct is to see this cute, sad boy feel loved. But you really don't want to hug it. Like, I'm serious. We'll get to why in a second. But you really don't want to go near it when it's crying. It does have the whole chameleon thing where it blends into its environment. But... True chameleons don't do that, and that bothers me. Like, chameleons do not change color to blend into their background. That's a myth. Most people don't know that. It's just a thing that's kind of perpetuated over the years, so I'm kind of cool with it. I think the whole super secret spy thing, because it's based in Britain, is actually really cool. Most people don't realize this, but the British spy ring has been pretty infamous around Europe and around the world for centuries. Spy work is one of the UK's greatest commodities. Now, to go on to battle potential, like Score Bunny, it does not have the best advantages at gym, but also not the worst. You will need some help from your fellow Pokemon. Uh, its hidden ability makes sense given what it evolves into, but compared to Grassy Terrain and Libero, it's literally its own ability, it's kind of weak. In the meta, they have decent speed and special attack, 
but they really do well as supports and setups in double battles with moves like Water Pledge and Priority Moves for activating Weakness Policy. So it's really fun to have a Silence kind of help you out. I've also seen people use it to use Soak to make sure that certain abilities don't get used as much. It's really, really fun to see what creative things you can do when you're not attacking, but supporting. It does get access to Air Slash, so if it Dynamaxes, you can boost its speed and that speed of a partner too, so that's always real handy. With Karen Maintenance, uh, given Sobble's tearful disposition, you are going to need water for it almost constantly. If it feels threatened, one of the things that helps calm it down is getting in the water and having a place to hide. Uh, you actually see this with animal care providers when they're building homes for animals or shelters in zoos or aquariums or wildlife rescue areas. It's not just about putting a roof over an animal's head. You have to make sure you give it the space it needs to feel comfortable. With things like an octopus, you can't just assume, oh, it's a sea animal. It probably wants to live in a wide ocean. No, you got to give it rocks and crevices to hide in. In Sobble's case, you're going to have to buy a kiddie pool and just kind of inflate it whenever he's feeling down. Uh, you will see that Drizzle can be a bit of a problem. Uh, he likes to set traps for his fight, and it's said that he's very lazy. So that means that he probably doesn't disarm those traps, which means you have a responsibility to kind of poke the hidden water bubbles before they explode. Imagine some poor Pokemon or kid just walking along and steps on an armed water landmine. He probably won't die. He probably won't lose a limb, but he's certainly going to freak out and get hurt. And if they find out it was you, you're going to be one foot in that hospital, Bill. With Inteleon, it is going to need some uh, targets to shoot at. I recommend some clay pigeons and a fighting type to throw said clay pigeons to make sure that it gets plenty of target practice and it's not picking off random Pokemon as it walks by. You know, you want to try and give it an object that it can focus its energy that isn't alive. Uh, it's not the most high-maintenance Pokemon we've seen, though, and I kind of like that. Like, it needs little things here and there, but it doesn't require an entire kit to keep it happy and keep it content. So with child friendliness, I'll start with a question. Would you give your child a faulty bottle of pepper spray that goes off at random moments? Because that's what Sobble is. His tears are sad, but they're also defensive. Sobble's tears carry a chemical similar to onions, only a hundred times stronger. That technically makes them stronger than pepper spray. And given that pepper spray is actually banned from warfare under the Geneva Convention, do you really want to give your child that? If you're wondering, well, wait a minute, my home country uses pepper spray. What's up with that? Yeah, you might want to look into it because it is technically illegal to use in warfare. But in some countries, it's okay to use on their citizenship. Go figure. No idea why. Now, Drizzle and Inteleon aren't openly hostile in any way. And I don't think a trainer is going to have any problem with them. But it's that first evolution that could literally kill any relationship with this Pokemon. Imagine walking through the first route and you're saying, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to have this Sobble. And this Wooloo just pops out of nowhere rolling down a hill. Sobble gets sad and scared and cries. Yes, the Wooloo will be incapacitated with tears, but now so will you, this 10-year-old who has never had this experience of endlessly crying through chemical burns. It's terrifying to think of, but this is kind of what Sobble is. If you can get past that level 16 curve, you'll be just fine. And again, it's not Incineroar bad. Incineroar was the worst child-friendliness Pokemon I've ever even considered having on my team. It's not that bad, but it is Bottle of Crying Pepper Spray bad. Now with Utility, uh, Inteleon's kit is built kind of like a Finnish sniper. 
get in, take your shots, and dip when it gets too dangerous. It even learns U-turn as part of its normal move pool. This Pokemon loves to hit and run. That's its favorite tactic. Really hard to find future job prospects with something like that. It's like Greninja. It's built to take lives. It's not built to help them. Uh, your best bet is going to be starting your own security firm that specializes in guarding rare Pokemon or rare items. It would be pretty funny if Team Rocket was trying to sneak in and they kept getting like knocked out by random bursts of water in the shadows. They don't see the freaking like, where are you? Where are you? And you and your Italian are just like three clicks away, just like watching them like, oh, there's one. There's a runner and pop. Like you could be its spotter. You could be the spotter for the sniper Pokemon. That's not really the most peaceful career. But it's pretty much the only career that this thing is built for. It's built for taking down targets a far, far way away. Luckily, it knows Surf, so it gets a point for that. Every water type gets a point because it gets to learn Surf. And that ability is so darn useful. So, to wrap it all up. Battle Potential, 3 out of 5. Care and Maintenance, 3 out of 5. Child Friendliness, uh, the living bottle of tear gas is bringing me down. He's going to get a 2 out of 5 for that. And Utility... A two out of five would have been a one if it wasn't for the surf. So to really wrap it all up, we have Grookey. If you would like to drop a sick beat as you're beating up your Pokemon and just run around in the meta like everybody else, that's Grookey. Go for it. You go with Scorbunny, though, if you like the fire of competition, the glory of winning, and the guilt of starting wildfires during a morning jog. And if you do want to get a Sobble, you usually are the kind of person who has a full chemical suit and wants to wait the first 16 levels. But after you wait those 16 levels, now you just want to pick off your foes before the battle even starts. Now, before we finish this episode, we have a special birthday announcement. If you have been listening to us since the beginning, you'll realize we are bad at a few things. Talking about rocks, trying to stay on topic, but we are really, really bad at celebrating birthdays. We are going to be different this year. This year, we are going to be celebrating our birthday with a special episode where all of us, me, Madison, Chris, and Don, sit down and we talk about Pokemon. Not just any Pokemon. The Pokemon you suggest. No theme, no flow. It's literally just four friends hanging out, enjoying a birthday celebration with Pokemon you submit. Now, if you would like to submit a Pokemon, there is a Google form that is attached to not only this episode in the description, but also our Facebook and Twitter. Uh, fill it out by September 20th. We are asking you just to put in specific Pokemon. Don't put in a theme. We won't be listing off themes. So if you put a specific thing like, I want jungle Pokemon, I want Australia Pokemon, we won't count them. But if you put in Kangaskhan, if you put in Espeon, we will re-talk about Pokemon again. We do not mind. But go ahead and fill in that Google form. We've already gotten some submissions already. There's some really, really fun ones. We can't wait to talk about. Specifically one based on mushrooms. We never quite hit on. I'm really, really excited to talk about it. And the final thing I will drop before we wrap up. Alyssa is our new patron. Thank you so much for keeping us running. It's people like you that have kept this show running for almost four years. I cannot believe it has been that long. But it's all thanks to people like you who are listening. So thank you guys so much. Thank you especially to Alyssa for keeping the lights on. Hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day or night. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace!